Prophecy Club. Last night in my prayer closet, I was just praying, Lord, how do we fill up this solemn September assembly? And immediately it came to mind that I should talk to you about the tests that God has put, well, Leslie and I through, and the tests that he's putting you through, whether you realize it or not. Now, I've already explained about the archaeology tour, how I got a letter from Ron Wyatt saying that he was getting up an archaeological tour to go to see the crossing side of the Red Sea and Noah's Ark and things like that. And when I saw it, I immediately said, well, I'm going. Took it in to my wife. She said, well, I'm going too. I didn't say, well, if you supply the money, I'll go. I simply said, I'm going. What he brought to my mind last night is that I need to bring that to you because people that are in the ministry of God didn't get there like Jeremiah, where he was called from the womb. Most of the time, they had to go through a lot of testing. Matter of fact, I'll say that we're still going through testing today, and that's my point today for you. Whether you realize it or not, you are going through testing with God. He is constantly testing us. Now, for example, when I got back off the archaeology tour, I had about 12 two-hour tapes that I whittled down to about a two-hour videotape. And I said, Lord, if you want me to go out and show this, have churches or whoever call me. And this is what I said. I won't ask how far away you are. I won't ask how many you're going to show up. I won't ask how much you're going to pay me. If they call, I will go. I will show the video, whether they give me an offering or not. I believe you'll supply everything that needs to happen. And I remember one time, at the time I was living in Topeka, Kansas, and I drove all the way down, I believe it was Austin, Texas, which is a pretty good drive. And after I was done showing the film, I packed up my stuff and thanked everybody, and I walked out, and the pastor caught me out in the parking lot. Oh, 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 here's you an offering. Because I wasn't going to ask for, and I didn't, ask for an offering. I didn't worry about the money. Now, I say that because I believe that God has spoken to my heart, saying that too many of you are not taking the right attitude toward this solemn September assembly. Too many of you are saying, well, God, if you supply the money, the day's off. If you make it really, really easy for me, then maybe, just maybe, maybe I'll go on and go. But that's not the way God works. Let me give you another example. So it was on my heart to do a Bible study out in the jails. And this was after the videotape. And by the way, I showed that videotape about 30 times, and and here's the conclusion of it. One day, all of a sudden, the call stopped coming in, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, there's not going to be any more calls. And I thought, oh, well, I didn't hear that because I loved going out and showing the videotape. And again, I had no idea Prophecy Club was coming. Well, in that time, I was also impressed to start a Bible study in the jail. And I was calling around trying to get appointments with people to meet me for a cup of coffee so that I could explain to them how I could help them in either the management course, sales course, or the uh, human relations course. I'll say it that way. Can't say the name. And I got a call. I called a guy and he said, well, I don't really want to improve. He says, really, I'm kind of stepping back out of business I'm beginning to do more in ministry. I'm doing a Bible study out of the jail. I said, Bible study in the jail? He said, yeah. I said, well, I'd like to come. If you don't mind, I'd like to come. He said, okay, well, meet us at this little church, and Tuesday night we pray, and then we go on over to the jail. Well, 
they were surprised to see that I was already there before they got there. We went and prayed, and this is what happened. So we went over to the jail, and we walked in, and they said, okay, wait here. We're going to walk down, and we're going to see how many people we can get to come into the Bible study. So I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting in this what looked like a jail cell. The door was open, thank God. But I was thinking lions, tigers, and bears. <laughs> lions, tigers, and bears. I mean, it was scary, just to be honest about it. And uh, they came back with two or three guys, and they said, well, we got two or three for the Bible studies, but there's another guy down there, and he really needs to come, but he's not coming. All of a sudden, the lions, tigers, and bears, the fear was gone. And this holy boldness came over me, and I said, really? I said, which one? They said, well, his name's Chris, and this guy here. They walked down there. There was a little walkway between the side of the bars and the wall that is just wide enough for you to walk there so you wouldn't have to actually be in the cell with the guys that were in jail. So I walked down there, and I said, "Uh, Chris. He looked up, and that was his name. He looked up, and I said, Chris, come on into the Bible study. And he had one of these orange jumpsuits on. And he had taken the top off and tied it around his waist, which was revealing. He was just covered in tattoos. Now, this was back in about 1991, or yeah, 91, 92, somewhere in there. And in those days, wearing a tattoo was a sure sign that you were a bad guy. He had lots of them. So I said, come on in the Bible studies. Nah. And again, this boldness was on me. So I said, well, come on into the Bible study, and I will show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. Nah, he never even looked up. Well, I was feeling pretty bold because there was a set of bars between me and him. All I had to do was back up, and he couldn't reach me. So, <laughs> so, so I was a little bit more brave, and I said, well, Chris, I'll tell you what. If you come to the Bible study, I'll show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness like you've never felt in your life. He didn't even look up again. Again said, nah. And I said, Chris, but I grew up in Texas. I said, down in Texas, they have a saying that when you're dared, it means something. I dare you to come in to the Bible study. At that, he finally looked up. He said, no, nah, nah. And then I saw a vision. I said, Chris, I see you on your knees out in a grassy field with a three fifty-seven in your mouth pulling the trigger because you're going to kill yourself if you can't find some kind of peace in your life. I said, I double dog dare you to come into the Bible study. If you come to the Bible study, I promise I won't embarrass you. You can leave any time you want to. And I'll show you how to find that true peace, joy, and happiness like you've never felt in your life. I said, I double dog dare you. And at that, he said, all right. So, of course, now I'm thinking lions, tigers, and bears. (laughs) I got to be be in the jail cell with this guy? So, sure enough, he gets up and walks into the Bible study. Now, at this point, there's probably six or eight people in the room. And I turn to these other guys. Now, this is my first time in the Bible study, and they don't know who I am. And I said, well, guys, I I promised that I would show him how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. And I said, so can I talk to him for a second and pray? Yeah, 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 sure, go ahead. So I briefly explained to him about the gospel message 
And I said, so would you like to receive Jesus? Would you like to receive that true peace, joy, and happiness? And he said, yes. So we all took hands, and I led them all in the sinner's prayer. When I got done, big tears were coming down Chris's eyes. Big tears down his face. He accepted Jesus. Well, I didn't get to go back to that jail again, but God opened up the door for me to do a Bible study in another jail. But I did hear that the next week, Chris was jumping up and down like a new puppy, could not wait to see Stan. Where's Stan? He He wants to talk to me. He wants to meet me again because he had found true peace, joy, and happiness. Now, I say that to say it was a test. God was testing me to see if I really would go out to a jail and do a Bible study. Well, I did go out and do a Bible study at a jail for actually several years until finally God called me to do Prophecy Club. Now, let me tell you about the test that happened there. So I got a call from a radio station manager. Um, He's still in the ministry today. I started to say his name, but it probably better not. He says, do you know Jack Frost? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that the snowman? (laughs) Well, that is the name of the snowman, Jack Frost, okay? (laughs) He said, no, 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 Jack L. Frost. He's a Bible prophecy teacher. Oh, yeah, 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 I know him. Uh, Yeah, 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 I know him. Well, I'm trying to get him to come on to this radio station here locally in Topeka, and he didn't want to come on, and uh, he said that you might be willing to help pay for it if he'd come on. Well, long story short, uh, I wound up taking the guy's spot, just to cut the story short. And I had to actually pay the $240 a month to be on there. I think that's another test. So many times we want to say, well, God, if you'll supply the money, if you'll supply the days off, if you'll make it nice and easy for me, then maybe I'll do it. Well, God didn't make it easy for me to start Prophecy Club. I had to pay for it. And then in addition to that, I thought, well, <laughs> lions, tigers, and bears, what do I say? <laughs> what, do I, what do I say on a radio program, you know? Well, I just put Dimitri Dudeman on, and then I put on uh, Henry Groover, and then we started talking about Ron. I just, you know, the stuff I knew. And lo and behold, it started growing. Now let me jump to February 1994. This was our second meeting. Henry Groover was speaking for the second time. And It was in Topeka, Kansas. There was 125 people there. And I remember I had to get something out of the car. So I remember that night running out to my car in the parking lot, and I looked up into the sky, and I said, Lord, this is what I want to do for a living. I mean, except for I said it loud. I mean, I I hollered. I said, Lord, this is what I want to do for a living. Well, he heard that prayer. And a lot of times we want to say, well, you know, if you'll organize the meeting. Well, I had to organize the meeting. I had to pay for the room. I had to pay for Henry Groover. All of this comes out of my pocket. And I've seen where if we're going to serve God, it's not easy. He puts us through a lot of tests. Now, let me give you the other one. This is how Prophecy Club actually got started. So August the 10th, 1994, my boss called. I hear that you've been doing a radio program on the side. Yes, sir, I have. Well, you can't do anything part-time with us. You have to either continue doing teaching these public speaking programs or radio, but you can't do both. Take a couple of weeks and think about it and let me know. Boy, what a test. 
See, because at the time, I was making pretty good money. This was a 13-year career. I had to think about this long and hard, and I did. I thought about it for about one second. And I said, well, actually, I've already thought about it, and I think I'll choose radio. He was stunned. He was shocked. He thought that I was going to be his golden boy, the person to replace him. He thought I would never leave, but he didn't understand he got in the way of God. Well, he called back about 10 minutes later, and he was sniffling. I mean, you could tell he had been crying. I mean, this really upset him. He had just lost his golden boy, and he wasn't backing up, and I wasn't backing up. I say that because God is a God that tests us. And I believe right now, if you are at least a casual listener of Prophecy Club, I believe he's putting a test before you. Again, this is what I was doing last night in my prayer closet. Lord, what, what do I do to get people to come to the solemn September assembly? And immediately, I mean, I, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I didn't have to hear an audible voice. He just kept bringing to mind all of the tests that he put me through. See, this is a test for you. This is a test for you. Are you willing to do something difficult for God? Are you willing to put some money into what it takes to serve God? A little drive or maybe an airline flight, maybe some hotel. Are you willing to do that? Because this is the first step to do something. Now, let me tell you about the rest of the story. So that night, Tex Mars was speaking in Topeka, Kansas. We had about 300 people at the meeting. These days, I can't believe we had 300 people at a, at a meeting in Topeka, Kansas. Well, that night I announced to him that I had resigned a 13-year career, but I knew that God would supply the money. Well, would you believe about a week later, a check came in the mail that paid for our bills that month. But the point I'm trying to make is I didn't say, well, God, if you'll provide the funds, then I'll go ahead and go full-time into this ministry. I just went full-time into the ministry. Then he provided the funds. I said yes I'm going to guess Prophecy Club had been going, I don't know, five, six, seven years at this point. We were having a meeting that night in Omaha, Nebraska. We'd been on the radio station in Omaha for many years, and I went up there, and instead of playing the, the audio recording that I'd normally would play, I would just be live on the radio. Well, when I went live on the radio... Uh, the radio station manager, which was a new guy that didn't exactly like Prophecy Club, arranged for me to have a guy on there to attack him. So I felt very attacked. And then we went to the meeting that night. And, of course, you have to understand all of the things that... See, we used to have meetings in about 40 cities every month. Now, I didn't go to all of them. We had people that run the meetings in the cities. But there was a time when Prophecy Club was having about 40 meetings a month, about 5,000 people a month were attending our meetings. And I might add, from 1993 to the year 2000, we were able to get about 7,000 people rededicated to the Lord and led about 20,000 new conversions to the Lord from 93 to 2000. Now, anyway, back to the story. So I went into the meeting that night, and every meeting needs about 100 people just to break even with all the expenses, flying the speaker in and the sleeping rooms and meeting rooms and all that sort of stuff, and the radio too. Well, we only had 25 people. And I'm looking at this, I'm saying, man, I don't even have enough money to pay for the meeting room, 
much less a place for me and my son to sleep in the hotel room that night. So I got to the room. I called Leslie, long distance, Omaha, back to Topeka. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm tired of this. This It's not going too, too good. I said, you know, maybe God is just telling me I need to just go get another job. What do you think? She says, well, let's pray. So I prayed, and I said, Lord, I'd like for you to tell me what you want me to do. You know, I was making pretty good money before I come to Prophecy Club. I don't have to do this. I can go find another job. You know, I'm a salesman. <laughs> yeah, I'll find something to sell someplace somewhere, somehow. So tell me what you want me to do. Well, that night I had a dream, and it's a long dream, but I'm going to kind of skinny it down. Essentially, I dreamed that I was in one of these places where it's kind of like a Salvation Army. It wasn't Salvation Army, but it's like it, where you have to listen to the preaching before you get the free dinner. And this guy was walking around. There was just benches, just derelicts and homeless people in there. He was walking around handing out papers. And this guy says, okay, before we uh, eat tonight, I'm going to ask everybody to go down and look at this memorial and then bring this piece of paper back, signed, and then you can have your meal. And the guy says, memorial? For what? He says, it's a Romanian pastor. His name is Dudeman. You'll like it. Go down there and watch this memorial and then bring the paper back, signed, you can have your meal. Well, he walked up to me. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, I didn't come here to pray. I mean, I didn't come here for a meal. I just come here to get alone and just pray for a minute. And the guy says, no, no, he says, you need to go. You, you'll like it. I said, "It no, it, I don't need a meal. I'm not going to eat. I just came here to get alone for a minute for to just pray. And then the guy takes the piece of paper and punches me with it. And he says, go, at, go and watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, he literally pushed me back a little bit. And at this point, I said, Dudeman, you talking about Demetri Dudeman? He said, yeah, go, you'll like it. I said, Demetri Dudeman, the Romanian pastor that smuggled Bibles in Romania and Russia for 30 years, and the angel sent him here and said, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America, started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, and Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack and defeat America. And one day, is that the Demetri Dudeman you're talking about? And the guy punched me really hard with the paper, and he says, yeah, go to it. You're going to like it. And I exploded, and I said, I am Demetri Dudeman. And I fell back into the chair behind me, and I just started weeping. And I woke up. Well, I knew that God was saying, stand. Your whole purpose in life is to continue the message of Demetri Dudeman. Now, I say that because at this time, it was, it was tough. I mean, we were barely... Sometimes we weren't making it. As a matter of fact, I could tell that story about how we, we almost got our house repossessed. I mean, <laughs> I had to file bankruptcy in order to keep our house from being repossessed. I mean, it was we, we've been through some tough times. Well, the point I'm trying to say is, with God, he is going to test you. So when you look at Prophecy Club and you think, oh, wow, man, that's, that's a pretty nice ministry, you do not understand the difficulty, the tests that God has put us through to bring us to this point. Let me give you another example. So I was tired of this not having enough money to pay my bills, and it seems like that's the way it's been most of the last 28 years. 
So one morning I got up, and as I, or I remember specifically, as I was putting in my shoes, I said, Lord, I said, I'm tired of not having enough money to do this ministry. I said, I think I'm done. I said, I think I'm just going to go to the office. I'm going to start making arrangements to just start backing out of this, and I think I'm going to just go find me another job. So, again, that was probably 7.45 in the morning. I arrived at the office at 8 o'clock. Well, about 9 o'clock, an old friend came in, a guy that I had hired and trained back in the other public speaking business that I was in where I sold courses. And he comes in, we hug for a minute, you know, and, and he loves me and respects me. I mean, I, I hired him and trained him in the business. He says, they've got a new program going where that two people can have a sponsorship of a particular area. And I want you to come back into the business and I want you to be a partner with me in the sponsorship. And we're going to have Kansas, all of Kansas and Oklahoma as our area. And... If you need some help, I'll start you at $10,000 a month guaranteed. Well, I knew what that was. I knew exactly what that was. If you're in that situation, would you know what that was? That was God opening up a door for me to go back into the old job, making good money, but I stopped and I thought, and I said under my breath, I said, Lord, I know that's you. I know this is a test. Thank you. And I know you're opening a door. You're saying if I want to go back into my old job, you'll open a door for me to go back into the old job. But I just want to say, Lord, this is what I want to do for a living. Bible prophecy and winning souls is what I want to do for a living. And I want to stay in this for the rest of my life, even if I starve to death. Then, with my mouth open, I turned to my very good friend. I said, well, I'm going to take this as the greatest of compliments. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, because I know you drove all the way down from Oklahoma City just to see me this morning. Thank you very much for the offer, but I'm going to decline. I'm going to stay in this, even if I starve to death, and I'll thank you not for asking me again. Today, the guy won't even take my phone call. <laughs> so, I mean, when I closed the door, I guess I really slammed it hard. I didn't mean to offend the guy, but the point is I'm trying to make. If you want to serve God, don't think it's easy. Don't think he's going to provide everything for you to go do something. Don't think that you can say, well, God, if you want me to do this, then send the money. There'll be a time in the future that we'll be able to offer stock, but not right now. And when we do start offering stock, I'll let all of the listeners out there know. So if you want to be a part of it, you can. Now, back to my point. My point is, concerning this solemn September assembly, don't say, Lord, if you want me to go, if you'll give me the days off and send me the money, and if you'll make it real easy, I'll go. I think God is testing us, and I'm saying, I think he's testing me. He's testing me to see if I really want to organize a group of people to fast for 48 hours, to pray right through the night, 48 hours solid, every five minutes that microphone changes people. I want to see if we can do that. 
And I also believe he's testing you. Do you really believe in prayer? Do you really believe that you can reach the throne of God with your prayers? Are you really willing to sacrifice 48 hours of your time and whatever money and wherewithal it takes to get down? Do you believe in prayer that much? And if you do, then I think he's saying, let's see it, boy. Let's see it, gal. Okay, let's see it. You got it? Are you, do you really believe that? Do you have that much faith? Because if you have that much faith, then I'm calling a solemn September assembly, just like right now. Okay, so I'm on the line for $11,968. If no one else signs up, Hyatt has already told me, according to the contract, by the time, the matter of fact, two days before the meeting starts, I am due to write them a check for $11,968. And if no one else signs up, if I have to, I'll write that check. Why? Because I know my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold and silver is his. And I know even if I write that check, he will supply the money. It's called faith. And I think that's what he's calling everyone out there right now. Do you have the faith to believe Demetrius' message, to believe all these warnings you hear on Prophecy Club? Do you have the faith to show up and see this thing through? to pray on your knees, to pray on your face, to really grab hold of the horns of the altar and not let go until God does something powerful in this nation. Yes, we might see the mighty rushing wind. We might see tongues of fire. We might see sevenfold miracles at this meeting, but that's not the point. We are gathering under one name, Jesus, to do one thing, pray for America. We're asking people to leave your denominational differences at home. Leave them in the car. Don't bring them in. We're just gathering under one name, Jesus, to do one thing, pray for America. We don't allow people to pray for anything else. They can only pray for America. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com and get signed up. It's about saving our nation. Watchmanstrumpet.com. Watchmanstrumpet.com. When we're able to turn this nation around, when the massive arrests do start, we're going to be happy. But on the other hand, when the trouble hits... If we find ourselves walking out of America because nuclear weapons have taken out most of the people living in our nation, at least we can say we did our best. We did our best to try to save this nation. Watchmanstrumpet.com In 2017, God helped me to memorize the book of Revelation and gave me 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice God showed me the word firstfruits is a secret door linking the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation. For the first time, the end-time prophecies of Revelation can be placed in correct chronological order. One prophetic word said, there is a lock I put over a word in the book of Revelation. I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end-time message into obsolete books. That's this book. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. So what if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they're probably not going to believe you? Well, if you're listening to this, I believe you'd probably still tell them. Well, the most important thing to do is to receive Jesus. But the most important information is to not take the mark of the beast, because those people taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but they're tossed into eternal torment in hell without any possibility of escape. 
We put it into a book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, a simple book to give to people. If they read, they will never take the mark of the beast. Countless people are believing that they're not going to see any trouble of the tribulation. They're going to go in a rapture, which is a misunderstanding. So God had me write a book called How Pre-Trib One. It explains how the Christian church was so snookered into believing a misunderstanding like this, and it helps them through scriptures to see the truth that there is not going to be a pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture. No one is going any place to escape any testing. It's called How Pre-Trib One. Then, the book of Daniel, most people agree, is probably the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. So I wrote a book called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, which gives this last generation the explanation and the parts of Daniel that they need to endure the tribulation. Pure and simple, it takes Daniel and makes it easy to understand. It's called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel. As you know, many of the broadcasts have referred to a list of dreams, visions, and audible voices from people like Demetri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, and others. We put together a special radio offer. You can get 10 How Pre-Trib 1, 10 Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 10 Miss the Mark, 5 Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, 5 God's Warnings to America, totaling 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. That's 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Everyone is in a panic. No one is taking credit cards or dollar bills anymore, but they are taking silver coins. Call cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Mention Prophecy Club. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.